Welcome to episode 16 of the Curvy Girl Resale Podcast. I'm Bria Swearingham and I resell full-time on Poshmark and on eBay. Okay, so today I want to start off by talking about the cashier's check scam that has been going around lately. So, this is not a new scam, but I haven't done a podcast episode on it um, yet, and so I wanted to go ahead and do that today. So it really seems like the scammers are coming out of the woodworks um, more and more on Poshmark. And of course, um, I'm in a lot of Poshmark-related Facebook groups, and the main scam that gets talked about the most is a person will comment on a listing and say, hey, is this item still available? I'm interested in purchasing it for my cousin's ex-wife's dog, whatever. Um, will you email me at scam.scambot at gmail.com? I mean, the email addresses are pretty, it's clear that they're scammers. Um, so that one gets talked about a lot. But I wanted to talk about the cashier's check scam because that one's a little bit more, um, it's a little bit more complicated and so I can see how people could be um, taken advantage of with this one. So last week I had a follower message me on Instagram about a message that she got on Poshmark. So a lady was interested in one of her items but she wanted to know if she purchased the item could she pay outside of Poshmark by sending the seller a cashier's check. So they started corresponding back and forth via email and the sale almost went through, but this follower decided to reach out to me first before the sale was finalized. Now, we all know that transactions off of Poshmark, do, it does go against the um, rules for the app. However, some people like to do it because they can avoid the fees. I mean, I get it. You know, listen, I'm not here to judge anybody. Live your life, honey. <laughs> but I will say, if you do any transactions off of Poshmark, you are not protected. And so... um the customer emailed her and said that she would send her a cashier's check and that she would add an extra $50 to it if the woman, um, the seller, would be willing to hold the item for her until she was ready to pay. So the potential customer then said her husband's secretary would issue payment um, to the seller and then as soon as the seller had the money um, in her account for the item then she could ship the item to the customer now i went and did some digging because y'all know i'm a research junkie um, so i went and did some digging on how do people um, how do people, as Medea would say, get got? <laughs> um, how do people get got in this particular scam? And according to the Washington State Department of Financial Institutions, cashier's check scams almost always involve someone giving you a genuine looking check or money order and then asking you to wire money to them or after they've given you the check asking you to send them goods in return and then after you deposit the check or you cash the check or money order or whatever and then you send the money or goods um goods in our case as resellers then you learn that the check sent to you was fraudulent so just to be on the safe side i would avoid any off poshmark transactions um especially if it seems too good to be true you know if somebody's like i know this item is only a hundred dollars but i'll give you a hundred and fifty or sixty dollars for it if you will cash you know if you'll accept a cashier's check or um there's one 
that happened a few months ago, and I don't remember exactly where this happened, but the lady got sent a cashier's check and the woman was like, hey, will you, I'm going to make the check for more than it needs to be. Will you send me back the rest of the money? So as far as I understand, if you take a thousand dollar or it don't matter what amount it is, but let's say it's a thousand dollars. So you take a thousand dollar check to your bank, um, a cashier's check, apparently cashier's checks clear faster than other checks. They'll give you the money even if it's not technically clear and I'm I'm not explaining that really well but you guys can do some digging on that um cashier's checks are just known to be easier to commit fraud with so protect yourself if it sounds too good to be true it probably is there is no easy way to make money friends it's just it, there's just not it's just all work so um all right moving on to Poshmark's new market. God, I cannot talk today. Um, Poshmark's new market that launched on August the 13th. So the new market is the school market. And the email that I got had these, you know, four little uh, squares and it said binders, folders, calendars, planners, notebooks, journals, arts and crafts. Um, (laughs) I am such a mom because man, I just made up a whole song with that. Anywho, um, But a few days after the market launched, I went and looked at sold listings um, and some solds that I saw um, a few days after the market launched was a Vera Bradley binder and notebook that sold for $21, a non-branded 18-month calendar with pens that sold for $11, so it was just a regular planner calendar thing, Um, a Ray Dunn planner that sold for $25 because, of course, Ray Dunn people love Ray Dunn. So, um, and then a moleskin notebook that sold for $13 and I personally love moleskin. So, um, and of course these things were all new with tags. And of course I saw a lot of solds for Kate Spade, Vera Bradley and Ray Dunn. So my question is if the market went live on the 13th, um, how are there already so many listings for that market? Um, because the day it launched, I also went and looked to see what was listed. And I wonder were people just listing that stuff anyway? And so it was already just there. Um, or did Poshmark do a soft launch of that market to a select group of poshers to prep them so that there would be products available when the market opened? Um, those were my initial questions when the market launched and I'm really not, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Does Poshmark, you know, have a test market of sellers that they say, go ahead and put this stuff up so that when the market launches, we have these items available. You, the world may never know. (laughs) All right. And some of the objections that I've heard. So sellers will say, oh my God, people are not going to pay those prices plus shipping for items that they can get for cheaper at the store. But I think when sellers say that, they may be underestimating how much people hate to actually physically have to go to the store. Um, There is a population of people who would rather pay extra than to have to physically go to the store for something. I mean, it's a convenience fee. And I am one of those people. I will pay that convenience fee all day long. So just keep in mind as you're saying those things to yourself that people will pay for convenience, um, especially if it's something they want. And 
It never fails. When Poshmark launches a new market, I see people get so upset that Poshmark is not just sticking to clothes and they're so annoyed every time a new market comes out. And I actually personally love the way that Poshmark rolls out markets. Um, You know, they'll roll out a new market, try to work through any kinks that might be happening within that market, and then, you know, let it get up and running before they introduce another market. And I think from a purely like business perspective, it also trains everybody, you know, Poshmark is a business and yes, we're sellers, but there's also consumers too. So it trains everybody how to navigate between markets instead of just launching everything at once. And if they just launched everything at once, then you're less likely to know what markets there are um, and how to navigate between those. So to me, the strategic, thoughtful way in which Poshmark rolls out markets, is a, it's a great idea. And for me also, um, I'm excited about this new market because, you know, if you want to know the way to my heart, well, it's planners, highlighters, pens, whiteboards, anything organizational. And so um, I think the new market is definitely a good thing. All right, my flip of the week. So I sold a loft dress for $30. This sold on Poshmark and it sold for full asking price. Um, This is my third full price sale in two weeks. So in the whole time I've been on Poshmark, I don't normally get full price sales. So I'm not really sure what's happening. The dress was donated to me by a friend. And so after a $6 Posh fee, I made a $24 profit. And it has been listed at $30 for about five months. Um, I just don't, I'm one of those people, I just don't think constantly lowering the price is going to make it sell any faster. Um, I just try to wait for the right buyer because it was a beautiful dress. And to me, it was well worth $30. Um, Of course, I would have taken an offer on it, um, but they didn't make an offer. They just bought it outright. So I'll take it. Excuse me. Um, All right, my find of the week. So if you follow me on Instagram, um, you probably saw that I found a beautiful cabbie jacket for $8 at Goodwill. Um, In the initial picture I posted, it's kind of hard to tell that it's pretty, but um, (laughs) I posted a picture from Tradesy that looked a little bit better than the one that I had taken. Um, My friend, who is also a reseller, Style Manor, messaged me and was like, I was about to say, what what is this jacket and what are you thinking? (laughs) So get you some friends who will love you enough to be like, wait, no, this is a no. But once she saw the stock photo, then she was like, okay, that's a pretty dress. Uh, or not dress, jacket. But um, the jacket retails for $189. And the last sold was on Tradesy for $100. Um, Now granted, that one on Tradesy that sold for $100 was for a new one. And so I'll probably get about $60 to $70 for this one. Um, But I'm also willing to sit on things for a while because I know sometimes the things that are higher priced, they just take a little bit longer to sell. Um, And of course, I'll check comps via Sellhound, eBay, and Poshmark, but I'll also just go with my gut on this. Um, You know, some people think if they list something high and it doesn't sell within 30 to 60 days, that they constantly need to lower the price to get it to sell. But it's always been my philosophy 
that you just need to wait for the right buyer to come along. I think a lot of us, we're not patient enough. And I understand because we have bills. Like sometimes them bills ain't patient. So <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Um, and I also didn't realize until an Instagram follower pointed it out to me last week that Cabbie is purchased through consultants. And I thought Cabbie was sold at like Nordstrom or somewhere, but apparently it's kind of like Matilda Jane. So that's kind of cool. All right, let's talk about some sourcing tips really quick. So tip number one, be sure to check for holes that could be caused by the tag gun when you're out thrifting. Um, I've made this mistake so many times that, you know, I'll be at the thrift store and I'll pick up something. I love it. I'm really excited about it. And I don't notice that they've tagged it in a weird place. And then I get home and I take the tag off and bam, it's got a hole in it. And I got an attitude. So um, (laughs) check for where the tag gun has tagged the item. Also, don't be afraid to go over items with a flashlight um, while you're in the thrift store. Thrift store lighting is not the greatest and several times I've purchased items only to come home and realize that there's a stain that I missed because of the lighting. So you whip your flashlight out, girl, and you don't be ashamed of that because <laughs> we have money to make. So, all right. And then the last tip, check all zippers. Put your hand in the pockets and check the buttons. Just check all the things, the zippers, the pockets, the buttons. Um, I almost always pick up an item expecting to find a stain. So then I am pleasantly surprised when there is no stain and the item is in good condition. So just, you know, save yourself the trouble. Check for holes caused by the tag gun. Don't be afraid to go over items with a flashlight and check all the zippers, buttons, pockets, and all the things. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Poshmark and eBay numbers for the week of August 12th through August the 18th. And now that I have swapped around um, the production schedule for the podcast, I will now be talking about the last week's numbers so that it won't seem like there's such a long lag in between when the podcast is recorded and the week I'm actually reporting on. So I listed 15 items to Poshmark and nine items to eBay. I sold five items on Poshmark and I sold five items on eBay. My total active listings on Poshmark is 360. And my total active listings on eBay is exactly 100. So I want to note that I sold just as much on eBay as I did on Poshmark with less than half the amount of listings on eBay that I have on Poshmark. And I'm wondering if the security breach that Poshmark had, excuse me, a few weeks ago is affecting sales at all. And it's always hard to tell because at any given time, there will be one group of sellers that say, I couldn't sell this stuff, you know, if I couldn't sell this stuff if I tried, if I was giving it away. I cannot make a sale to save my life. And then, of course, within that post, there will be a a bunch of people that chime in and they agree with that. But then there will be another group of sellers who say that they're doing just fine or um, they've had their best month ever. And so I think a lot of it has to do with activity level. Um, So it's hard to gauge whether sales are actually down or is it just people's activity levels within Poshmark that are down? 
Because I know for me, when things are slow, it is very difficult for me to push myself to keep listing and sharing and doing the other activities that would ordinarily result in sales for me. So I don't know, you guys, we'll see. Um, I think for sure, this is why not comparing yourself to other sellers is so important because the person crushing it may be doing 10 times the activity that you're doing. Um, and for me, I have maintained I'm a turtle and I go slow. So I plan to stay in my lane, slowly pushing ahead. And you guys know I refer to myself as the president of the reseller turtle gang. So if you are slow and steady like me and you want to join the turtle gang, I think at some point I will get reseller turtle gang t-shirts made. I don't know. Um, but I'm slow and I need to go slow for my own mental sanity. And because I have external things, you know, like a husband and kids and um, working on losing weight and all that stuff that take up a lot of my energy. So every time I push myself more than I should, I burn out. And so I'm just over here trying to avoid burnout because um, this is a, I'm just in it for the long haul. And so I'm just going to be here just, um, I don't want to say trudging along because trudging sounds so negative and I actually enjoy this, but I'm just going to be over here, you know, slowly moving forward. So whichever. All right. Our book recommendation for the week. Now this one is an oldie, but goodie. Um, it is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And, you know, as always, I'll read you guys what the back of the book says to kind of describe the book. Um, so, Writing at the end of the Great Depression in 1937, Hill drew on his time as a newspaper man and more than 20 years of research to formulate Think and Grow Rich. Interviewing the great minds and great wealth creators of that time, men such as Henry Ford, Charles Schwab, and Thomas Edison, Hill discovered the traits and choices at the heart of success. Those truths, the power of the mind to control desire, harness knowledge, and grasp seemingly unattainable goals, hold true even today. Think and grow rich is not easy, but it is a well-worn path, trod by those men and women driving success and wealth creation in 20th century America, and is still open to those who want something greater. Now, I've read this book twice, and now that I'm recommending it to you guys, I feel like I need to pick it up again and review the principles, um, because the first time I read this book, it, it it just affected me in such a positive way to really like think about what do I want for my life? What am I working towards? Um, and it just, the possibility within it is just really encouraging to me. You know, it's all freaking hard work. It's not going to be easy. It's just work. But this book, Think and Grow Rich, really does help me um, frame my mindset around what's going to be required to get to the levels I'm trying to get to in my life. So um, as always, if you pick up a copy of this book or any book that I've recommended, I would love to hear what you think about it. Um, or you can tag me in an Instagram story to let me know you're reading it. Either way, um, I've said it before too, that if I wasn't a reseller, I'd probably be a librarian because I just, I love books. All right. And finally, let's get to our review of the week. And I like to highlight these because I appreciate when you guys take time to rate and review the podcast in iTunes. It helps the podcast 
gain visibility and it makes it easier to find for people who are searching for this type of content. So our review of the week comes from Christy Wright and she says, I've been following Bria's reselling journey for several months now on Poshmark, Instagram, eBay, and this podcast, and I consider her my soul sister. She is very transparent about her business, including her successes and failures. I love her personality where she gets real. I just did a head nod with that. (laughs) I can just see her doing a Z snap. I appreciate all of her reseller advice that she takes time to give. I take notes from every podcast so that I can refer to them later. And I am getting prepared to open my own reselling business with Poshmark soon. And I've also been inspired by her to cross post to eBay when I start. I think I will wait to cross post until I get my Poshmark business up and running. And that is because of information I've learned from Bria about not getting overwhelmed. She really emphasizes work-life balance. There is more to life, there's more to our life than reselling, and that balance is an important reminder. Subscribe to Bria's podcast and listen every week. You will be glad you did. Sister, listen. (laughs) That review gave me all the feels. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you for being a good student and taking notes and putting things into action. That means so much to me because, you know, I put a lot of time into creating the content for these podcasts. And so it's always interesting to me to hear how people are applying those principles to their lives. So thank you. And thank you to any of you guys who also have rated um, the podcast in general. I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. All right. You can find the show notes for this episode and past episodes at BriaSwearingham.com under the blog section. If you want to stay connected in between episodes, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at CurvyGirlResaleTN. And I always enjoy reading your DMs about the podcast. So don't hesitate to shoot me a message if you do follow me on Instagram. And I will see you right back here next week for another episode of the Curvy Girl Resale Podcast. Have a great week. And remember, as you're building your business, you don't have to be extreme to be successful. You just have to be consistent. Have a great week.